Hello, everyone. Welcome to Popcast on the Rocks, episode 124. We're an entertainment pop culture podcast that talks about pop culture things. And sometimes there's whiskey. My name is John, and I'm joined, as always, by Andrea. How's it going? Good, good. How are you doing? Good. I, I just just feeling redundant tonight again, I guess. I, it's been a while since we've been here. My intro's all shaky, uh, but we are back. Uh, for with for another fun episode, we're going to talk about Hot D, House of the Dragon, episode mm-hmm. eight. We're a little behind, so I mean, we're giving you all a chance to to watch the show along with us. Um, so we'll give you our thoughts, and then there are a number of news stories, a little more video game heavy as far as news this week. So, yeah, lots of fun ahead. Andrea, what are our drink holidays? There have been a couple since we've done our last show, although it's been pretty light heading into the end of October, but I'm just going to talk about the most recent two. Um, Apologies to those of you who might be offended that I'm skipping Pinotage Day or Kegger Weekend, Um, but uh, the most recent ones we have are October 19th was International Gin and Tonic Day, a day I quite enjoy as it's one of my go-to drinks, um, drinks of choice. And then recently, two days ago, uh, it was National Mezcal Day, also nice. go-to of mine in a margarita. So, yeah, I am uh, I am celebrating the first with my uh, non-alcoholic G and T. You can't see me, but I'm raising a glass. So <laughs> I can still see you. Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> John can vouch for me, Internet yep. world. Um, yeah. Perfect. I will. Uh, oh, there we go. Wow. You're mm-hmm. back. Um, I have uh, I have an alcohol filled G&T. So. Yay. Good for you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One of us should. Uh, my it's delicious. Unfortunate, unfortunately, uh, you know, that whole pregnancy thing does get in the way of enjoying <laughs> a real G&T, but I can pretend for the next four and a half months. That darn pregnancy. Oh, what the heck? Darn it. Darn it. <laughs> One day I'm yeah. going to show my kids these and be like, look how I sacrificed for you. That's right. Yep. Well, <laughs> good job announcing to the audience. That's right. Preggers again. Yep. 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 <laughs> All right, I'm well, back. We'll, I can't be stopped. We'll, we'll, we'll <laughs> salute, salute to that. Cheers to that. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Cheers. Um... Yeah, oh, as far as uh, as far as I was just gonna say, as far as other things go, my week has been pretty light. Um, watching some of my usual suspects, Halloween Wars and Great British Baking Show, uh, which had its Halloween week this week, which was very fun to watch. Um, but two things I wanted to mention in the spirit of rolling towards Halloween itself, um, I'm reading a new webtoon called The Guy Upstairs, which was oh. just recently released. And it's definitely an is he, isn't he, uh, um, like serial killer kind of story. So I'm digging it. Uh, And then I also watched the OG original Halloween this week um, because I decided before I watched Halloween ends, I wanted to go back and just like immerse myself in the Halloween series. So. And I think I only watched Halloween, the original, for the first time, like, three years ago. Wow. When Chris and I dressed up for your Halloween party um, as as Michael Myers and oh, Laurie yeah. Strode. Yeah. 
So we had never seen it before then. So I was like, you know what? I really haven't watched that all this much. Let's go back. Let's rewind. Isn't it amazing the movies a person misses out on? Just yes. Just like I mean, obviously that was kind of before our time, but yeah, it's a classic. Is what you'd expect you'd you would see. Right. And like I still got references from it without seeing it. So that should have like pointed out to me, like, hey, you should probably watch this. Yep. Yeah. Well, I love that that you you read uh, that when I read in your notes that you're doing that because that actually came up with this uh, same kind of idea, but with the um, uh, Conjuring movies. So obviously like classic or whatever, but she was listening to something and they said it's really cool actually to watch all those movies because there's like seven of them. them, I know. uh, I forget now. Yeah. Yeah. But to watch, watch them in chronological order as opposed to release order. So we started with the nun, which is, you know, the birth of, of everything there. Wow. Now what is this? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I kind of like that. You know, it's, I can I can make faces here. Sorry for audio only listeners. Now my screen took its its turn to <laughs> take a dump. But I, uh, I feel like it it popped up when you were starting to talk about you know these these movies. So it's you know something to do with that. Um, but I wanted to say it was very funny that you included that note because, uh. It definitely made me think of like, oh, this is just John's roundabout way of arguing his point about Star Wars. <laughs> it was absolutely <laughs> not. That was not on my mind. I and, know you. <laughs> uh, if if I had come up with this, no, nah, I'm kidding. Thought, I'm kidding. Yeah, um, yeah. It's um, no. We, so we we'd seen the nun in the theater, and both Ashley right. and I left kind of underwhelmed. But having watched it again, I honestly liked it a lot more. Um, it made okay. it just made more. I remember watching the first time and really questioning motives and choices and stuff that I just couldn't go along with the ride. Uh, and I didn't like some of the mm-hmm. it didn't make a lot of sense. And seeing it a second time, it made more sense to me. I appreciated what the characters did better. And it just was all more mm-hmm. clear because I really always liked it visually just the sure. structure of the script i didn't and i don't know i i liked it more this time quite a bit more so yeah cool going yeah. through the country I'll, I'll have to get around to yeah i'll have to get around to doing that because i actually just saw something posted about like unexplained things that were happening on the set of the conjuring and then mm. kind of like you know triggered me to be like oh yeah i really liked that movie like i should really get back into that universe there are so many that i just forget about yeah and it's so, so fun yeah. that they took like real life people and yeah. kind of base mm-hmm. things around them but then you know add all this other i mean yeah stuff. yeah like drama for storytelling yeah. effect and obviously but still mm-hmm. um i also went back and watched underworld so halloween oh, theme. A good uh, one. i love that movie like i forgot what it was ash was gone and i just it was late or whatever, but I watched a little something before I go to bed. And for whatever reason, I put that on. I've been wanting to watch it for a long time again. Mm-hmm. It doesn't hold up as well as you might imagine, but it is still a lot of fun. Like, I love that movie. Yeah. <laughs> I do. I the just, first one is yeah. it's a fun premise, and I yes. love Michael Sheen. I think he's perfectly yes. cast in that movie. He just 
slays it. So does Bill Nighy, actually. Um, yes. But yeah, I just I love the setup of it, even if it's not always perfectly executed. Yeah. Bill Nye, his voice and stuff and his like mm-hmm. cadence he has way like holds on to certain sounds before we like, right? I don't know. It's just really good. Well, he matches like some physicality to that, like the way that sometimes he'll like bark out a word and like yeah. said, he'll hold on to it. He just, oh God, he's such a like committed actor. Mm-hmm. And I feel the same in his own unique way about Michael Sheen. Like they're yeah. both such committed to the character actors that they just, like there's a fluidity about Michael Sheen's performance in there that just like screams werewolf to me. So. Oh, and he's he like he's he's like a little guy and kind of weird weird, but he's so badass in this movie. You know, yes. like the the moment where they're like the, the music playing and he's like kind of just like you know grimacing and squeezing bullets out of his skin and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, you go from this to. Tron, his little guest appearance in Tron Legacy to then like <laughs> Masters of Sex. Like those are yeah. very different things and they're all awesome. So mm-hmm. yeah. 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 He uh he is a an actor who shapes a role for himself. Yeah. He, he can carve out like his own like solid commanding presence in a like movie. Like Gary Oldman. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep, absolutely. So yeah. Good movie. I mean, like you said, not like a classic or, you know, not a great of cinema. Right. Uh, but it's fun. I like yeah. it. Yeah. Yep. Um, I'll try not to linger on too much. I guess I just want to mention because really big uh, Chainsaw mm-hmm. Man came out. Feels Halloween, you know, adjacent or yes. whatever. Um, so I've seen the first two episodes now that, you know, just premiered the last week or whatever. And uh, it's a good start. It's really well. And I, I, I have to say at this point, I'm not. I mean, obviously going to keep watching it, but there's not a too much that's like make made me glued to it. Like I wasn't blown away. You know, my expectations for this series are very high. So it's got a lot for to meet that. Um, Mm -hmm. I did like the emotionality in the first one and some of the relationship they set up. Um, Action to do. Yeah, action was was good, but you know when there's too much or something it loses impact or whatever um i don't know i'm enjoying it but Mm -hmm. just see where it goes sure um and there are videos out there if people are interested in all the movie references in the opening sequence well that's fun i did see that i love that uh i am i am working my way through the first episode i mean i know it's not long but i haven't really had a bunch of time this week so sure but I did, I did see that. That was really cool. Yeah. Um, all right. So, yeah, speaking of which, new releases, there's been uh, Chainsaw Man, of course. Um, Black Adam came out mm-hmm. now. So, I'm so excited. Going to see it on Wednesday. So, yeah, you'll have to report like, back. I will. Um, I can barely contain my glee and terror. <laughs> <laughs> I, I so want it to be good, and I'm just so terrified, but I'm also so excited. Yeah, I, I, I hope it's. I, I hear it's fun. Yes, that's that's the which, you know, for DC, <laughs> yeah. that's a that's some glowing praise right there because mm-hmm. DC hey, you're is gonna not make often some people fun. mad somewhere. They're gonna, how dare you, the DC uh, I, slander. I don't know that it's 
I don't know that it's a surprise to anybody that DC. It is to a certain fan base is very passionate about there's certain movies. That's fine. I, I think there I think there have been movies that are good, but like to say that a, a lot of them have been fun to me is a stretch. It's just that the it's just that the bad ones stand out. I mean, I I really like Aquaman. I think it's uh it's classic storytelling there. It's a not a complicated story, but just good. And I agree. Wonder Woman is pretty powerful actually and some great action sequences in it. Uh, Gal Gadot really shines and uh, Zack Snyder's cut the Snyder cut has a pretty so, fun movie so what but see what I feel like you're getting at is like are they good and all I'm getting at is are they fun I think all three of those are are really good I have I really think, good superhero movies I think they're good but are they fun yes Okay. See too. now to to me, the fun ones. Um, and while I'm I'm no way disparaging Zack Snyder's cut of Justice League because I thought it was amazing. I did not think it was like if I were to describe the movie, I would not call it fun. Okay. Uh, Shazam. Oh yeah. Wonder Wonder Woman and Aquaman to me were fun. Okay. The yeah. other movies were good. I just didn't think they were fun. See, when it really comes down to it, then it's like, you know, Man of Steel. A lot of people were real kind of mid reactions on that. And then mm-hmm. uh, um, Batman v Superman, which was like, feels like a low point. So. But <laughs> anyways, on on the 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 Batman DC train here or uh, yes. whatever, we've got Gotham Knights, which I think is out now video mm-hmm. game not being received well uh early it came out people were talking about how the game is only gonna be 30 frames per second on these next gen or now current gen consoles people were not very happy about that mm-hmm. and they did some weird promotional videos early that really kind of mess with people as far as the tone of the game right. uh so it's not we'll see what the sales are like but right now reviews and industry buzz is is not high on this one right um a game that the people the industry is really a buzz about is a plague tale requiem mm-hmm. the first one innocence really people loved it but it didn't hit big um seemed like it was kind of a one of those double a games or something like that and went on the radar for a lot of people didn't get the publicity that maybe it should have and this one is, you know, picks up right where the one left off. And I actually really want to play it. I think it looks really cool. It sounds like a perfect game for me. You mm-hmm. do need to play the first one first, to my understanding, to get the emotional okay. impact of this Good one. Time. And uh, so the first one was on Game Pass. And wisely, I have taken it off, I suppose, as the new one comes out. So, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, sometime... I hope to get to these. So, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, I remember I remember Plague Tale standing out in one of the showcases that we I mean yeah. not terribly recently but sometime, you know, yep. not too long ago we're watching and it was it looked really great. So, yeah. I'd be excited Let's, about it. New one is on Game Pass, so if you have that, go ahead and uh Okay. Give it a shot. 
Um, and then I just want to mention because my favorite K-pop group, they're pretty new. La Seraphim, <laughs> their second mini album is out now. And I like this group a lot. I, I know we talked before about forming a K-pop group. And we never did, you know, but uh it should be our time. <laughs> but I I feel like this group a lot. They had a an album the other year that was um a lot of fun. I like every song there was like five songs, liked all of them except for one. And this one, it's a little more hit and miss for me, but I'm this still catchy and I like it a lot. So Okay. Is De- that what this you're is listening to pre show? Yeah. This is the only, you know, you're supposed to with a K-pop group, you're supposed to become like a fan and know all about the members and like all this stuff or whatever. This is the only group that I'm like paying attention to any in any way like that. That would know the members' <laughs> names or like follow them on social sure. media things or something like that. So, yeah. I'm invested in this new group and I hope they're okay. they're in it to win it. So. All right. All right. <laughs> um, all right. We'll get into some news before House of the Dragon. And um, we're going to start out with sad news, really sad news. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I was pretty shocked to hear this the other day, but Hagrid, mm-hmm. the beloved Hagrid, Robbie Coltrane has died. Mm-hmm. The beloved um, gentle half giant. Yes. Um, and I mean Hagrid, not Robbie Coltrane. I mean, yeah. although he was a large man, I just want to be clear who I'm talking yeah. about. I guess uh, he was sick for a while, you know, so. Um, yep. But, yeah, yeah, I know. I know it came to a shock. Uh, I came as a shock to everyone. And, it, it, you know, it came as a shock to me, too. Um, of course, speculation was rampant around what was the cause when it first came out, because usually unfortunately with shocking celebrity deaths it's been you know drug related alcohol related something like that um and i was i was i don't know how to put this um but in a way relieved when when it came out that he had you know just been ill because yeah. i just could i don't think i could take someone like robbie coltrane right. or someone who played you know having something some kind of like substance issue yep um so yeah it was incredibly sad to to see that released i think yesterday that he had been ill and died of sepsis yeah it's like i don't know there's there is something that hits different just because for our childhood uh with i mean obviously he's played lots of other things you know i think i first Mm -hmm. saw him in james bond that was the Same. my introduction to Goldeneye. You know, that's and he he was in several Bond films. He? Well, was he was in two, I think. I think it was, was just that in World, World Not Enough. Enough. Yeah, mm-hmm. I swear he was in one more, but you could no. definitely be right because I think he didn't have a place in uh, Tomorrow Never Dies. That would have been the other one, but yeah, pretty sure. But it, yeah, it just that he's, um, you know, and then he's he's Hagrid, you know, it's pretty sad. And and also that he seems so nice. You know, I always feel like obviously from the UK, but he's Hollywood types. They all get famous and they become trash people. He always, as far as I knew, just seemed like a nice, genuine guy. Uh, always mm-hmm. like upstanding sort of dude. 
And uh, yeah. so, yeah, pretty sad. Um, yeah. Anything else to say about yeah. Robbie Coltrane? No, um, just that I thought it was really wonderful that his co-stars, you know, posted such thoughtful tributes to him. Obviously, mm. um, you know, the younger cast of Harry Potter is, has grown up with two, I think, iconic and important actors who have recently passed, Alan yeah. Rickman and Robbie Coltrane. And it's really sad for them um, because that's such a formative experience that's probably shaped a lot of who they are. And that's really devastating. Um you know, on a personal level, because I'm, I'm sure given what they posted that they were quite close. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so it's, it's, it's sad for the populace and it's sad for those younger actors to, yep. to lose those kind of figures and role models. Well, one more sad story. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know much about her, but uh, Angela Lansbury, golden girl. Yeah. She's also died. Poor Angela Lansbury. Um, I I mean, I think like many kids of our generation, um, what immediately springs to mind for me, of course, is Mrs. Potts in Beauty and the Beast. Oh, um, okay. Did you not know that that was Angela Lansbury? No. no. Okay. Well, it is. <laughs> it is. That makes, I mean, that's, uh, sound, that seems right. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. So, um, which I have to say, Beauty and the Beast was one of my favorite films as a kid. And now I think it I think it's uh, wonderful. It holds film. up. Um, and there have been, of course, a lot of releases um, around Twitter, tribute releases of like some behind the scenes moments for uh, Angela Lansbury and Jerry Orbach, who played Lumiere, uh, mm. who also passed, I think, I want to say almost five years ago now, but they were just like okay. such a great great iconic duo. actors and a great duo um but yeah so that that was i think probably what i knew her the longest as and then of course um she was i believe the detective in murder she wrote yeah alan posted that that's that's right i can't believe i forgot that one that was that was long running boy that was on tv a lot mm -hmm. yep yeah so, I mean, I remember catching episodes here and there. I was never like, you know, devout follower of the show, but mm -hmm. she, um, she also kind of back on the childhood train. She also played a role in one of my like offbeat favorite kids movies, which was Bedknobs and Broomsticks. Um, okay. I, don't, I don't think is one that like many people have watched. Um, it was very like. Uh, it's sort of like the the Chronicles of Narnia in which, you know, you have like orphans from the war being taken in um, by like an eccentric widow in the country. And then, you know, they have all sorts of adventures in this house and because of like magical things that are happening. So it's kind of like a different twist on that. Uh, but it's very fun. I really liked it. Um, and it kind of inspired some of my love of you know, English culture, customs, oh. um, and kind of different locations that these these people were able to travel to around England due to magic. Um, sure. So yeah, definitely, definitely recommend that one. It is offbeat, kind of quirky. You have to let go a little bit because it's not like your typical Disney fair, but it's a really good movie. 
Okay. Yeah, I um I don't know why I thought she was in Golden Girls. I'm looking at her thing here. Uh so <laughs> I correct myself while I'm like uh in the, during the show here instead of having to do it for the next week. But um yeah. Uh, uh long long career here, all kinds of stuff for mm -hmm. sure. So Yeah. Um, She's also one of those people sort of like, I mean, speaking of Golden Girls, sort of like Betty White, mm. who always seemed to be a certain age. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. never really like thought about them young. And they were they, they were great looking when they were young. And, you know, they had careers and things like that. But you just sort of like always thought of them middle age forward. Yeah. They always seemed to be a certain age. That's a good way to put it. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you did. You just like they always seem to exist that way. Mm -hmm. Well, according to IMDb, she's known for The Manchurian Candidate in 62, Anastasia in 97, Bed Knobs and Broomsticks, and yeah. Beauty and Beast. So, yeah. God about Anastasia. Oh my gosh. That's a, that's a blast from the past. I've never really watched that one, actually. Uh, it's good. It's good. It's definitely one of those ones where um, you clearly know that the two main voice actors are not doing their own singing. Ah, okay. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, spoiler alert for anybody who's going to watch that. Meg Ryan and John Cusack do not do their own singing. Boo. Boo. I have no idea what Meg Ryan's singing voice sounds like, but I kind of feel like I'm okay without it. <laughs> I don't really know what John Cusack's singing voice sounds like. No, I want to, I want to know both of them. Yeah. Let's hear it. So, well, you can't. <laughs> Shucks. All right. Um, well, moving on to non-related news. Mm -hmm. What's this you found? Uh, it's some sad news, but of a very, very different kind uh, for Netflix subscribers. Is it sad? Um, I think it is. It is for me, I guess. As, okay. as a Netflix <laughs> <laughs> um, So this is two-part news. Um, obviously, we've talked a lot about the fact that Netflix has been struggling, has seen you know subscriber loss, revenue loss, and they're they're uh, casting around for a way to fix that. Here are two things that we have heard about for a long time um, that are finally being rolled out here in the U.S. The first is you can now buy a Netflix subscription with ads. It is obviously cheaper than plans that exist mm -hmm. now. Doesn't mean that your account is automatically going to have ads on it. You have to actually switch your current account. So anybody who has one currently do not fear, you will not suddenly see ads. It is an entirely different package. Uh, the second thing that is now being rolled out, um, it isn't here quite yet, but it's, it's literally just weeks away from happening, I believe, um, is password sharing. Uh, Netflix is finally cracking down on that, um, and they will only... They will only allow one account per household unless you sign up sub-accounts that have mm. to pay, I think, $2.99. I think okay. you can only sign up one or two, if I remember this correctly. So you okay. can still have family members that are, like, attached to your account. 
Um, but you have to like re-sign them up as these sub accounts. They okay. will, if they don't roll over, they'll get an option to roll over into their own plan, whatever that level they might choose. And then they'll get to keep like their watch history and all the things like that. But if they re-sign up as sub accounts under your main account, um, one, they'll have to pay $2.99 per, and two, you will lose your watch history. Okay. Okay. So. Hmm. I mean, um, nothing surprising, I, just like I, it's happening. Yeah. Right. I mean, I guess I'm, I'm for this stuff. I mean, having another tier with ads, like I don't want it, but you know, it, it's there, it's available. Someone wants it and password sharing just makes sense. Like, you know, you got to pay for the thing you're going to use. And mm -hmm. like, you know, I, it's, it's just when, yeah, I mean, I totally agree with you in the sense of it makes sense. It's just hard to have it and then have it take it away rather than just like <laughs> crack down from the beginning. Uh, yeah. If it was just been, yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, I, so sort of related, I mean, we talk about streaming services and all that stuff all the time. And, you know, mm -hmm. is there, is there a chance in 30 years we just don't do our interaction with entertainment from streaming platforms, like in terms of movies and television shows, mm -hmm. is there a chance that this collapses? Sure. We just don't. I mean, what, what cause, I mean, I, I'm likely to think it's not the case because we've kind of seen it and it's been proven long enough with music that though it, probably hurt the music industry in ways um mm -hmm. audiences just kind of moved away from music as their number one entertainment as we've talked about mm -hmm. so the the industry sort of needed to shrink to recorrect to what people want so the sort of expectations uh, around it so I, we have music streaming and i think that's probably going to be the way it is i don't see us going back to you have to buy something specifically and then you know whether you then sure. stream it i mean even if you but i mean i don't mean like buying something from a digital storefront and then streaming that content i, I think there's no chance that's going away basically but i mean mm -hmm. a paid for a subscription to have access to a plethora of things Sure. So when I say it's entirely possible that streaming goes away, all I mean is I think we've seen the advent of so many things in the recent past that we could be watching something entirely differently, newer, better, you know, quote unquote, in the next 30 years. No doubt in my mind that could absolutely happen. I I don't think there's any chance of like reversing course. Mm -hmm. um and going back to something i just think that like i i'm not willing to rule out a possibility that something new comes along something that i haven't thought of something that's already being worked sure. on sure. um and this time it works on like uh what was the what was the thing that failed so hard uh qb quibby qb qb yeah right what was quibby. it quibby 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 okay it's quibby yeah whatever the frick that was yeah Y'all know what we mean. <laughs> um, that's how hard it died. We can't even remember it yeah. correctly. So, I mean, yeah. 
I don't, I don't think there's, there's any going back. I think there is going forward and there's certainly things that, you know, could be invented that I don't know about that I can't even conceive of. So sure. Okay. Just some people think, you know, particularly like in the video game space, uh, you know, like the kind of content that people want is not, is potentially not sustainable via a sort of subscription service. I don't know. I don't know. I just, I think that, I think that no matter what, convenience overrides quality almost all the time. Mm-hmm. If left to a free market, people will choose convenience over quality every day of the week. We saw that with music. People would listen to terrible quality MP3 stuff and risk viruses to their computer to get free music mm-hmm. that they could put on their MP3 player. They sacrifice quality for convenience. You, the, and when, with movies now, it's like you, the reason a DVD, other than I don't think image quality for people, it just was, it's easier. CDs to skip songs, it's easier, you know? And uh, I think that having everything streaming is just easier. And so if, even if that means we get less quality content, I think people will be okay with that. I think we're getting really poor quality content in a lot of places and people Mm -hmm. seem just fine with it the way it is. So I think I just, I don't, I see this being the way it's going to be. I just thought maybe you'd give me some hope and there's there's something else that's going to change or I don't know. Well, well, I mean, to give us hope, we did reject and I was right. Quibi. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. So I'm sorry. Quibbles with Quibi. Yeah, it's cold comfort, but, uh, you know, it is semi-comforting that we weren't all about convenience. All right, well, everybody out there, get ready for your Netflix to uh, to uh, pony up if you've been password sharing. Yep. Yeah, um, pony up if you've been password sharing or decrease your plan if you want some ads busted yep. in your programs. Well, uh, I think uh, Comcast or someone's going to have to pony up for some severance packages uh, for <laughs> the, the network of G4. My camera just mm-hmm. went again. Uh, it darn did. it. It did. So, yeah, so I, uh, I don't obviously know as much about this um, as you might, uh, but I did see, you know, there have been some excuses floating around of like, oh, G4 was never meant to be this, like, long-running thing. It was supposed to be this, like, limited, we're bringing it back, nostalgia. Mm. And it's like, guys, can we just, like, admit we failed? It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. It's, not like, it's not like we're up for, you know, a limited series, you know, drama Academy Award. <laughs> like, that's, that's obviously not the purpose of G4 yeah. TV. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was excited when it was announced because I had good memories mm-hmm. of it and stuff. Someone on um, the Defining Duke podcast brought up a really good point that I hadn't thought of, though. Just that, like, we could have been left with those memories. Now, anytime someone brings up G4, it's going to be thinking about this dumpster fire. Yep. Like, it's literally ruined the memory of g4 i mean we can still obviously think back but this is the thing that will people will think of for many years to come Mm -hmm. and it's too bad because i think g4 
the conception of this was probably a bad idea because they went they went all in. They spent a lot of money on this. Mm -hmm. And um it's shocking that it lasted so short a time though. Mm -hmm. I think had things been managed better uh and people been a little more responsible, it could have gone longer than it did and at least built up some people's career. Like some people were already known that joined and were they'll be fine. They'll be absolutely fine because they already right. had big followings and some of that. Right. Um, other people didn't probably get that chance yet. You know, they could have been there if this had been going longer. Uh, they could have built up their own fan base and following an audience. So then when this is dead, like it was always going to be, then they would be able to, you know, sustain themselves and bring their audience with them. Mm -hmm. So I think that to me is the biggest tragedy. Um, you know, because they it was like 200 people or something that they had working there. It's a large number. And um, I don't know. So I don't know if you follow the story of this at all or whatever. If you're in the gaming space, like following the media of things, it's like definitely hard to avoid. Um, but man, quite a quite a roller coaster. And yeah. someone uh, like I feel like. Adam Sessler, that's another thing. Like I, I always gave the guy leeway because I liked the show he created and was a part of back in the day. But man, he is an unstable person. He is yeah. an unstable person. And I just like the kind of tirades after this like fell through is pretty stunning to me. So yeah. Yeah. This is the this is uh unfortunately showcasing the full dangers of rebooting something that's been beloved. You know, there's yeah. there's always a chance you could just totally pardon my expression expression shit the bed and, you know, wipe out decades of great memories with something poorly conceived that just goes down in flames. Mm -hmm. And that's that's unfortunately what has happened here. Yep. I just hope some of the people that, you know, seem like good people that were there do well. Right. You know, yeah. there's the, I think, completionist or something like that. He seemed like a good dude. He had a big following. He'll be fine. Um, there's uh, Gina Darling. She seemed cool. I don't, I don't know yeah. what she'll get up to, but hopefully she does well. So mm -hmm. we'll see where everybody, where some of these people end up. But, yeah, good luck. Yep. So G4 TV, it's dead. It's done. It's buried. So, yeah. Right. Um, yeah. The um, couple franchises, one to be resurrected and one that has, <laughs> is, been, is going stronger than ever. Um, mm -hmm. We'll start with the latter, uh, Resident Evil. Resident Evil, we had a showcase this week. Um, they talked a little bit about DLC, the DLC and such, and Resident Evil Reverse, which if you have Village, you get a free free access to that starting tomorrow, I think. The DLC uh, giving you like uh, third-person point-of-view options and the story DLC with Rose uh, comes out on 28th, I believe. But the big deal was more gameplay and footage from Resident Evil 4 Remake. Andrew, you don't care about this, right? 
Not at all. What would give you that impression? I never talk about Res Evil 4. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, I'm, I was just, I was happy because the first thing w was we saw of it was really more of an announcement, like it's happening. We didn't really see much of mm -hmm. anything. It was quite the tease. Right. And uh, right. this gave us a better, better idea. What's to come? Yeah, I mean, we we got not only like storyline sneak peeks, but we got uh, extended gameplay, which by the end, I admit was extended gameplay. I was <laughs> a little nervous about this like little five minute clip here and two minutes of it was Leon walking. I was like, oh man, don't tell me you misnamed this because I will be really pissed. But then, yeah, no, we did actually get a look at gameplay, which I was very excited about. Mm -hmm. um, I think they wisely kept it to earlier moments in the game um you know kind of iconic opening feel of of you know leon discovering what world he's in what's happening where he is who he's among um so very solid choices and showing us what's going on um yeah i'm very excited it's it's one of those things that like black adam i am equal parts excited and terrified because yeah. But because this is something that I don't want to be a G4 TV, I don't want it to go <laughs> up in flames. I don't want it to be this like horrible, you know, shut down disaster kind of scenario. I want it to do well. Um, so far, so good. I mean, everything I've seen looks great. But I mean, that's the point of a trailer, isn't it? To make things look great. Yeah, I mean, it. it is... Um... Yeah, it is worrisome because the remakes they've had before now are very mm -hmm. good, but those games are different. They're shorter experiences. Yep. RE4 is very long, and it also was kind of the start of... It was the start of things getting a little more action-oriented, so it was a good mix of horror and action, and also mm -hmm. had a lot of the cheese, you know? There was some silly lines and silly things, and people pointed out, like, it's nice to see that Leon's still doing, like, backspins against you know like to yeah. knock people out and yeah. had a corny line in there somewhere so like people are kind of hoping that it keeps the <laughs> yeah yeah that they keep the the attitude uh and yeah. tone because yeah. it is fundamental to what that game is so completely agree yeah so like i said i mean watching this is very exciting because it does feel, I mean, different but the same, which, of course, a remake would. Um, but yeah, there's there's plenty of time to see other things. I hope they all go as well as this did. Yep. yep. Uh, well, speaking of uh, going well, the Silent Hill showcase <laughs> went well, <laughs> I yes. guess. It's, uh, it's really shocking uh, to me. I mean, we've been talking about Silent Hill coming back for a long time. Everybody was mm -hmm. thinking Hideo Kojima was going to be doing a Silent Hill game or something like that or whatever. But this event showed us that Konami is coming back and they're giving us, I think, four different games or something, um, or is at least three and then a couple like series. So they're just sort of going all in. Um, I think the big one people right now are focusing on is the remake of Silent Hill 2. Mm -hmm. which is the, the one everybody seems to figure is the best. Um, mm -hmm. I have not played Silent Hill. Um, I've only watched the first movie. 
So that's my exposure <laughs> to Silent Hill. Well, then it's good exposure. Uh, the first movie is one of my all-time favorites. Um, I will absolutely not say anything about the second one other than don't ever watch it. Because <laughs> uh, it ruins everything about the franchise. And there there I will stop. Um, yeah, so I played Silent Hill quite a long time ago. Um, I haven't played any of the second. I only played the first. Um, then fell in love with the first movie. Watched the second movie. Was terrified that somehow the, the game and the movie were related. So I never wanted to. So, yeah. Um, but this, this I was like, you know what? I'll, I'll put on my big girl pants. Watch, watch this showcase here. Watch some spoilers. And... Dang, if they'd only based the second movie off of this, we might not have had the train wreck that it was because this is great. Looks cool, huh? This, yeah. Yeah, this this storyline looks amazing. It looks well put together. It looks haunting, which mm -hmm. Silent Hill is. It's less action-oriented than, you know, something like Resident Evil 4. Um and it's and it's more psychological. It's more I mean, it is horror and action, but it's just less on the action, less emphasis there. It's mm -hmm. a lot more about internal as it is external struggle. Yeah, people seem to really credit, uh, you know, Silent Hill with not only Silent Hill 2 with not only, you know, being the hallmark of the franchise, but of being very influential to the horror genre of games mm -hmm. in general. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm excited for this. Um, I, I'm hoping to actually try this now, try a Silent Hill game for the first time. Though I have to say the project I'm most excited for, honestly, is uh, Silent Hill F, which is based... They just released a cinematic trailer for. It just looks very beautiful. Don't know anything about it. Other than it's based in 60s Japan. Okay. 1960 Japan, and that's all I needed to hear. Silent Hill with that trailer with the flowers in sixties Japan. Uh, I'm interested. So some people are a little worried about the studios that are behind these games or whatever. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. Way too early to tell for as far as I'm concerned. So Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I'll have to take I'll have to take more of a look at that later. Yeah. The yeah, there's lots to look at <laughs> yeah. as far as uh Silent Hill goes and uh i'm just shocked we got so much of it so yeah i'm excited i'm excited lots of horror games to look forward to i i'm i'm hoping to get to some horror games uh, before and around halloween here um, yeah one week to go i know i know gotta finish up re2 <laughs> <laughs> all right speaking of something that we need to finish up we're behind on but we're gonna yes. keep Keep trekking through it. House of the Dragon. We're talking about episode eight right now. And um, so that's that's a couple old. And there'll be a new one tonight. And let me correct myself from I don't know when. I've been running off the assumption, basically, for whatever reason in my head, that there were going to be eight episodes of this show. Oh, and so weird. I was. Um, but yeah, that's no, what we've know. been thinking. And then shortly after. Our last episode, um, I had heard someone saying like, 
oh, I'm so excited for the penultimate episode, you know, episode nine or whatever. I'm mm -hmm. like, I was, what? What? Yeah. I'm confused. So anyways. I yes, absolutely ten. Eight. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yes, yeah, jump right into it. Uh, House Dragon episode eight. Spoiler warning. Mm -hmm. um, I thought this episode was like remarkably sweet. Wait, like, what? Like kind of emotional and heartwarming in a way. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. You know, I just, to me, this episode, it was really leading to this and very well leading to it. Uh, you know, the, the deteriorating health of the king. And mm -hmm. in this, we kind of reached that breaking point. Like he can, he's in very bad shape. Milk of the poppy all the time. It's not yeah. really running things most of the time. It needs to be helped all the place. Really horrible, horrible condition. Mm -hmm. And um, it was hard to watch, but amazingly portrayed. And yes. I, I just, I thought it was a really good episode to to like honor this portrayal of this character. Mm -hmm. And I liked the sort of um closure in a way that he got you know he sort of got to have you know a memory or whatever of maybe mm -hmm. things are going to work out peaceably here mm -hmm. and so i just like that a lot yeah yeah um this episode was definitely making the audience feel all the feels it made me feel all the feels I am wearing black tonight um, for to mourn Viserys, uh, Patty Considine. You know, hats off to you, sir. A brilliant portrayal. I didn't always like Viserys, but I always loved his portrayal mm -hmm. of Viserys. And I always wanted, I always was wanting with Viserys, I think, in a good way. Like, there were always moments where where I was like, you can do this. Like, you can be, like, stronger. Like, I believe you. You have these, like, flashes, you know, like, committing to um, his daughter being named heir and, like, making everybody swear to it. Like, holding the line, holding together his family. He just had these, like, absolute excellent moments. And he showed off some of that in this episode with, once again, backing Rhaenyra and, you know, making his way to sit upon the Iron Throne when he clearly hasn't in years, you right. know, just just showing up for her and being that presence for her. Um, so, yeah, so he had absolutely brilliant moments here. I I was, you know, not ashamed to say welling up, you know, at various times, seeing how hard uh, the character was trying to be there for his family, you know, one showing up and making his way to the Iron Throne, two when he showed up for dinner and just mm -hmm. wanted like a nice, a nice yeah. family moment where everybody can just shut up for an hour and eat dinner. Yep. So that he can remember that before he goes. And he got, and, he got it. He got that. I mean, he mostly he mostly got it. Yeah. We'll 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 talk a little bit about that, but yes, he he really did. Um, get get a a wonderful. I'm gonna say like 95 percent wonderful send off from his yeah. family, who swallowed much of their pride, you know. So showed up for him. Met maybe mended some fences. We got some hope there. 
I think obviously we know maybe some things are going to be crashing down in episode nine, but yeah. episode eight was, was giving us hope and we needed that. Yeah. And I really, I kind of, you know, it was nice to see Allison soften a bit at the moment, you know, some concessions made much yes. to the like clear dismay or displeasure of her father. Mm -hmm. Um, I like that. I liked how, um, Matt Smith's character responded to his brother in this way. Um, seeing him this way, he put, he put on well that this was actually painful for him. They didn't like seeing him in this manner. Mm -hmm. And I heard that, um, his, his Viserys's crown wasn't supposed to fall off and it mm -hmm. did when he was approaching the throne and they just oh, already just kept going just rolled it yeah yeah and oh, Matt Smith just moments. picked it up and put it up back on his head and so that to me is like symbolic in a way mm -hmm. as well like even though it was not intentional then they just did that and it adds right. to the kind of like I'm just accepting you brother right. as the king here like don't right. have you know I don't know Right. Just, like, yeah, it's, it's such a great, um, you know, unplanned moment that signals several things for their, their characters. Like you said, you know, Damon just being like, what's the point in fighting this right now? I'm, you know, these are clearly some final moments. So let me help you in these and re remember that we're brothers. It's painful for me to see you this way. So, you know, let me let one of my final acts be one of love and, and, you know, mm -hmm. brothership here. Um, and, and it gives us great complexity once again for Damon, who just is never all bad. There's always yeah. something that's just redeeming enough about him loving his family, including his brother. Yeah. Uh, the other thing I really liked, so throne room scene again, we have, uh, I want to four characters that are all, behave perf like so i don't know if i say admirably but exactly how i want them to so we're talking about the discussion of who's going to be inheriting um drift mark yeah and so you have the one guy who's understandably like i i like his kind of attitude of i am going to speak what i think here and you're gonna listen <laughs> Because this, you, how dare you tell me how my house is going to be inherited mm -hmm. kind of thing. Like, mm -hmm. I totally respect that sort of attitude from him. So I like that, and that way okay. that character worked. I also liked how uh, uh, Rhaenyris, Princess Rhaenyra, is that how you say her name? Rhaenys. Uh, Rhaenys. How Rhaenys also stuck, stood by, this is what my husband has always wanted, was this. Mm -hmm told the truth yep. about it and didn't play any games with it. This is so I like that. I also then liked the king Viserys saying, I'll have your tongue for that. Like you're going to put you in your place. You can't speak out like this because that's the kind of thing. Honestly, I was waiting for in the previous episode with the whole family squabble. It's at some point mm -hmm. a, a lesser king would have like, hurt his family some way to mm -hmm. to put them in line and mm -hmm. uh he was ready to put this person in line and then um damon does it for him you know yep and you can keep your tongue 
Um, yeah. So I just, I, that whole thing to me was, was well done. I liked how everything happened there and it was a good mm -hmm. final moment of strength for the King. And a, mm -hmm. again, a show of unity uh, from his brother. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, uh, I agree with you in that. I liked the way the scene played out and I, I understood or liked um, the motivation of several characters here. Um, you know, like you said, Renice in being like, Hey, this is my husband's wish. So yeah. Um, I, I didn't <laughs> for, for those opposed, I kept wanting to scream out, y'all remember Corliss is still alive, right? <laughs> like he's not dead yet. Right. <laughs> I know we're all pretending here, but he isn't dead. Uh, we haven't seen a body. I mean, you know, I'm I'm hoping that, you know, House of the Dragon isn't going to do one of those like off-screen deaths for a character mm. who has been a major player. Um so I'm I'm fingers crossed barring barring anything crazy, we will see Corliss even if it is just his death scene um in the future here. Uh but so I was sort of like really frustrated with both the High Towers and with uh Corliss's brother Vaymond here because they were like, well, this should obviously happen. And I'm like, again, Corliss not dead, you know? Right. I, I did enjoy Rhaenyra being like, uh, I don't even know what we're arguing about because he's still alive. And other people were like, yep, it's a moot point. I think there was like a small council meeting prior to this big throne room scene where they were all like, uh, you know, should we really even be discussing this? What does it matter? He's alive. Um, but I did love the the conclusion, like you said, of Damon just cutting with his words and cutting with his sword and taking care of the situation, uh, play, playing the role of, you know, his brother's enforcer once again, uh, kind of harkened back to the first episode where, you know, I feel so long ago that I almost forgot this, but he was made Lord Commander of the Gold Cloaks, the City Watch. And basically was, you know, in a broader sense, his brother's enforcer. Yeah. Um, so this 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 episode kind of brought that back in a little like microcosm here. It was yep. nice to see. Yep. Um what is your your statement here says, I love when people say I speak the truth like the matter is oh. <laughs> that was Vaymond um when he's arguing with Renice and he was just like saying a bunch of statements and he's like, I speak the truth. And I was like, <laughs> and <laughs> like, it just, it just always like, you know, something bad is going to happen when someone is just like, well, I speak the truth. And you're like, <laughs> what are you going to do about that? Like, it doesn't, it doesn't always matter here. Um, so yeah, I just, I just sort of enjoyed like, his his pompous righteousness and i was just sort of like you know you're headed for a downfall mm -hmm. when you say mm -hmm. things like that yep. um and obviously he he said it like renice wasn't going to challenge him which she was like uh screw that i'm definitely gonna challenge you so so i see you think that because ashley kind of was wondering this too you think that maybe mm -hmm. rhaenyra allowed allison to slash her wrist or sort of yeah. So so I really hadn't thought that in the in the 
the moment. There was a lot of things happening. Yeah. It was kind of like a dim, you know, family struggle, like nighttime scene. And I wasn't really. The show's never place. dim. I don't know what you're talking about. It's very bright. <laughs> it always is bright and perfect and you can see everything. Um, but yeah, so in the in the episode recap, it really looked like Rhaenyra was taking a second to eye the dagger that she was holding back in Allison's hand, not just as a, like, I'm worried about this dagger, but as a, like, slow-mo, I could use this as mm. a tool. And it almost seems like she guides Allison's hand. Now, I mean, I could very much see it argued both ways as a guiding, you know, hey, this is at least my arm and not a you know, more uh, vital part of my body. <laughs> or I could see it as, you know, Allison's gone this far. She's willing to attack me with the dagger, even though I'm stronger. What if I let her cut me in front of all of these people and they see just how crazy she is, you know, yeah. that she's that she's going to attack me like this. And yeah. then Rhaenyra, I mean, she and she does, um, whether it's intentional or accidental, she does come off as like the victim of this because everybody watches Allison stab her, draw blood, yeah. draw a fair amount of blood. Well, I would have totally so. like dismissed this in a way, but like now both you and Ashley have said this mm -hmm. independently. And so I'm like, it must read that way somehow, or we're seeing something about it. So it, it you know, did read that know, way I mean, to me in the, in the very like, quick recap of that scene and then sure. like i said in my comments it was funny because Otto followed that up with like ah now i see how determined you are to win and you know you really can play this game and i was like oh my gosh if it if it turns out that rhaenyra actually did this then basically Otto is telling his daughter he thinks she's got got you know spirit enough to win this based on something she didn't even do sure which to me is ironic and hilarious. It's true. That's true. I I would be surprised if we ever if they ever answered this. So I, I doubt they would. Yeah. I think mm. I think the ambiguity in and the sort of like he could go either way is what makes it play so well. Yeah. But you know, it's just yeah. it's just a theory and it's and it's a to me a great one if it is true. Yep. Um what else do we want to talk about in this episode? Um, okay, so I want to talk about a couple of things for sure. Um, obviously, one, we have this like nighttime conversation between Rhaenyra and Viserys, like after she's seen him and we and we, the viewer, have seen him, and you know, we're kind of getting over our shock at how rapidly he's deteriorated. Right. She comes to his room and I was like, Oh my god, is she going to like try to maybe humanely like smother him with a pillow oh, no. or like put him out of his I, I was just like I don't know and you honestly, think Rhaenyra like, would do that I thought that well, with Alicent like, later I've had that exact well, thought with Alicent but I, I actually I did too I was like not again oh my god it's actually <laughs> gonna happen this time but but I honestly for Rhaenyra I guess maybe not smother with a pillow but I just thought maybe like something because her heart would be breaking for her dad like seeing right. him this way it wasn't about like, like power yeah. or you right. know 
a calculated move, it would just be like, oh, I just can't. This is so hard. And I can't watch the High Towers like puppeteer him, right. give him all this like milk of the poppy that's supposedly helping, but it clearly isn't. So first I was just like, oh my gosh, well, how is this scene going to go down? And then, you know, we get the story of, or the, the bringing up of the story, you know, do you really believe in, in Aegon's visions that, you know, the, the threat from the North, the prince that was promised. Um, so we get this great setup of a conversation that is obviously going to haunt us later because they never finish it. And it really, really makes the next episode yeah. obviously take a turn because it sets up this like horrible like half finished and it sets up one of my least favorite plot devices which is the half finished conversation or the misunderstood conversation okay well see i don't i don't have a problem with the misunderstood conversation element Ugh. because I, I feel like i feel like that is plausible like people people misinterpret one another all the time you know i mean especially now today with like text messages or something you fail to understand someone's like tone or whatever you know but just i, I, totally I can get that but my issue with the way it's done here is that i really didn't understand exactly what was happening until they mentioned it mm. in the post-credit thing. Now, maybe it becomes right, abundantly same. clear in the next episode. And so it's like, I'm sitting there with some confusion. And then the next episode, it's like, okay, I get what happened just now. But in the moment, I'm like, what is happening right now? <laughs> you know, like I, okay. I, I didn't make the, know? I mean, I got the idea that <laughs> he is, thinks he's talking to his daughter. I got that, right. but that she is- getting from this that no actually i want our son to take the throne i was not getting that see i got it and i was insanely annoyed and the, and i think the outcome of this conversation is why this this is one of my least favorite plot devices is because the outcome of this conversation is Viserys, just before he dies, has a conversation with Alicent where he thinks he's talking to Rhaenyra and she thinks he's talking to her. Kim mm -hmm. dying directly afterward now gives like greater import to his words because it's like his dying. Right. Wish. Right. So I hate that fact. I also hate that because of this like half addled like you know last gasp conversation that they're having Alicent who literally for three straight episodes has thought her son Aegon is a total piece of shit is now yeah. like of course he should be on the throne yeah like, oh no you know he's a he's a POS you know he's a little asshole he doesn't care about anything he's gonna make a terrible ruler but because of some like midnight whispered you know like half understood conversation you're suddenly like of course the heir the prince that was promised like give me a break like uh so that's why i, mean, I hate i hate this plot device because i i have had my issues with alicent but at least she's known even if she covers it up that Aegon is a total little and, and i just can't think of another word i'm sorry he's a total little shit 
but now suddenly it's like Viserys's last wish that he's the prince that was promised. BS, BS. Okay. Viserys has never thought that. Like, but don't play. This is clearly just though her hearing what she wants to hear. But because why would she want to hear it? She already knows Aegon's a because, little shit. Because she has been groomed since a child by mm. her father to want to take their family to the top, to the Iron Throne. And so, yes, it doesn't matter which of her kids, any of them, that's the point, any of them. Because she obviously logically knows her husband has never talked about like in years, not that they've shown us as an audience anyways, wavering on the idea that his daughter is going to take and should take right. the Iron Throne. Right. So she well, knows that. that to Alicent. Right. Like she's never been like, sure, Aegon, great, right. love it. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's just, That's it is sad because they made, they made inroads into their relationship, Rhaenyra and Alicent during like, the look dinner. Look at moment they're having here if you're watching our screens. Like yeah. they're, they have a bridge forming. They want to see each other. Rhaenyra's exactly. going to fly back and come say hey. And so everyone knows, and everyone uh, knows, like you can't change your will in the last moment when you are not of sane mind. You can't do it. You have to adjust your will and your things and set your affairs in order before that. So when you're sitting there, uh, you can't take that as, and she would know that everyone knows that that's the way, you know? So yeah, it, just, it, I don't know. It, it frustrates me because Allison, I mean, I had my issues with her, but I was just sort of starting to be getting to like her again. You know, she and Rhaenyra made some inroads. She admitted like, hey, I've been stubborn too. She was trying to get her kids to behave for this dinner and give something to Viserys. And now it's just like all wiped away by the fact that she's going to pretend that Aegon isn't a horrible little monster and somehow deserves to be on the throne. Even though she told Rhaenyra, I think you're going to make a great queen. Just yeah. like flips, just like Yeah. Ugh. It's hard to replace Speaking your programming of in moments. I, I guess, I guess. Even though it seems like she did, but then she didn't. Um, speaking of Aegon, he is obviously displaying for us all what a little turd monster he is during this dinner by trying to yeah. like continuously provoke Jaceres into something. And I have to say, I love Jaceres taking the high road and just being like, hmm, whatever. Because it allowed Helena to speak and burn Aegon better than Jaceres ever could. When she was like talking about marriage and she's like, oh, lady, I think, I think, uh, Jaceres is betrothed to Bela. I can't remember if he's betrothed yeah. to Bela or Reyna. I can't remember which of the twins. She's like, oh, it's not all that bad. Like he sort of loses interest to you. And there's like, you know. Just ignores you, and there's like, you know what I mean? She was just like, marriage That's is just right. whatever. Yeah, He's yeah. kind of, you know what I mean? And it was just sort of like, oh, God, it's so good. Like, she just like speaks the truth, and Aegon is like, oh, God, like, this is my sister wife just owning me. <laughs> yeah, it's quite the. So uh, I, I did quite enjoy that. Yeah, it is. Uh, it is. That is a family dynamic. That is interesting. Uh, a fun 
fun mm-hmm. family dynamic. I I enjoyed the yes. except yeah, obviously the some of the kids got on my nerves, you know, but um, yeah, I still liked it. I do well. While we're on the kids, I have to say the no. uh I disagree. No. I think I know what you're gonna say. I saw the, any comments. Is it yes, yes. <laughs> okay. I am so like frustrated about this because they aged up Amond, the next actor who plays Amond, and he looks way older than all the he, other kids. He means business, you know? He looks it it's wrong because he looks older than Aegon. Yeah. And it makes me crazy when they're standing. I have a shot of it, and uh, it's somewhere in here in the slideshow. They're standing next to each other, and Aegon looks like 15 or 16, and somehow Aemon looks like he's 25. Right. And I don't think it's just the eye patch. I think it's just like how tall this character is, like the sharp angles of his face. They just yep. look more defined and less baby faced. And maybe that's a choice. You know, you know, kind of subtly commenting on how, you know, Aegon is immature and he's like a baby man. But it just looks so weird considering all the other kids look like 15, 16 and he looks 25. I wonder if it was something. I wonder if it's in the book at all. I mean, the actor seems great. He's doing a great job. It's just very disconcerting to see all the kids look a certain age and then he looks like a man. I mean, I even like the <laughs> confrontation between him and and uh, Damon, and the sort of like, I'll back down, but like, I won't someday, you know? Right. It's sort of like, a, it's yes, I'm a, I'm a kid yet, and I, I'm gonna, I know when to stop myself here, but watch it, old man, sort of thing. And I, so I liked mm-hmm. that thing yet, where it's. You you reach a point where it's like, at some point you you know you become stronger than your father or whatever you know sort of thing. And sure. uh, so this is a, a relative in this manner. And I just I like that he is the one that to be taken seriously now. And mm-hmm. it would be an interesting element to his character to become the youngest, smallest, picked on one to then like growth spurt. And I am the yeah kind of dominant amongst you clowns, you know? Yeah, I mean, out of Alicent's two sons with Viserys here, like, I always liked Aemond better, um, and it and it is a good storyline for him, although I still have trouble with it because he was such a little shit when he's teasing... Um, uh, Rhaenyra's boys about their parentage and that he's continuing to do it now. I just want him to like break away from Kristen and find out who he actually is because here he just reminded me of Kristen. And I was just like, I don't need more of that like sad character who's like obsessive with just needling this one point. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Kristen yeah, yeah. Cole. I was just like, I don't need you to be a second Kristen because I'm really over him and I really loved yeah. that he wasn't in a bunch of this episode. So if he can get himself a different storyline, I would love that. I just I just sort of need him to be his own person. Yep. Yep. All right. House of the Dragon. Mm-hmm. 
No mm-hmm. stern, no stone left unturned. Yeah. So episode eight, obviously, like you said, gave us all all the emotions, the the potential for unity between houses, the coming together for Viserys, and now we're we're going to watch it all shatter in episode yep. nine, um, as any inroads that have been made are going to instantly dissolve. Yep. Should Alicent really pursue, as it seems she's going to, pushing Aegon to take the throne versus Rhaenyra. So we'll see where everybody falls in their allegiances. Yes. I have to say, I was a little like, cool. I, I don't need to hurry and what, you know, like I've got work going on. Like I'll get to the next episode, you know, whatever. But after our conversation, I'm, I'm ready for the next one. Let's go. Me too. So, Me too. Let's go. <laughs> All right, that's been House of the Dragon, episode eight. We'll be back hopefully next week with episode nine. Um, keep following along, please. We, um, we're we on most of the so- social things. I get a bunch of them. We're on Facebook and Twitter. <laughs> those are I think those are the big ones, I guess. Instas or TikTok. Let us know if you demand us be there. Um, YouTube, subscribe to us there, please podcast directories pick your favorite review us that'd be much appreciated share all that sort of thing if you use spotify sometimes leave a poll so i'll answer the Mm -hmm. poll all that kind of fun thing um killing the flower they wrote our theme song you can check them out on instagram and um youtube and spotify they're also on apple music too uh which i found out because they have a uh, new song out so killing the flower go ahead and take a look at that and uh, show them some support. So otherwise, that's it from us this week. Mm -hmm. And Andrea, thanks again for joining me. Of course. Cheers, everybody.